Hey there, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and the Ohio Podcast Network. I'm Chris Pugh. Got Joe Frost with me. Uh, Paul Yanchek is running a little bit late. Hopefully he'll uh, be here soon. But Joe, how you doing? I, I thought he was going to be our surprise guest. Yes. <laughs> I thought he was going to show up sometime actually, in the middle of this thing. I actually have a story. I should have told you before we started. We almost <laughs> had a pretty good guest. Oh, my goodness. Are you uh, saying that Paul is, wouldn't be a good guest? Well, no. I mean... Uh, one of the men we're talking about tonight, I was actually on the phone with, well, not on the phone, his e- email with his attorney, and apparently he's not doing media right now, but um, uh, uh, we'll that's let what the I audience. Need to do. I need to get an attorney. Yes. <laughs> to tell well, you that I'm not doing media right now. Right. Uh, we'll let the audience guess, and um, after show, Joe, I'll share with you and Paul. Okay. Um, hey, interesting week for Steelers. Um, man, the NFL, good night. I mean, you can't go a week without NFL news. I mean, we're, NFL's hopping. I mean, anybody out there who thinks like baseball is more popular, NBA, shah. It's the NFL because, man, the offseason, the news keeps coming. And Jerry is a good point. We got a chat where we share ideas and um, during the week about Steelers stuff that we care about. And, you know, there's so much quarterback news. And I'll be honest with you, I'll say this really quick. It's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, Kevin Colbert um, had a press conference uh, where he gave his um, stamp of approval on Mason Rudolph. And I'll be honest with you, what else is uh, is Colbert going to say? They don't have anybody else right now. What's he going to say? He, he can't run around like praising people that he doesn't employ. Right. There's really no other choice to to be made at this point. Of course you say... I have all the confidence in the world in Mason Rudolph. There's nothing else to, to be said. Right, because it's Mason Rudolph and our buddy Roland Rivers, the guy they brought to the <laughs> training camp last year. I mean, right. that's it. And here's the other thing. If they're looking to get any type of quarterback from the big swings like a, a Aaron Rodgers, which is unlikely, or a, you know Russell Wilson, or even a guy like Jimmy G or somebody, you know, if you're running around going – our quarterbacks stink, then the asking price, if you go make a trade, goes way up. If they try to sign a free agent like Tyrod Taylor, that's going to go way up because they're going to be like, hey, you're desperate. You want us. Pay us more money. you got you got to position yourself in a place right. where you have bargaining chips and you have <clears> – you don't look desperate. Everybody else, would, all the fans out here on Twitter yelling with their thumbs, uh, would walk onto the lot and just scream at the salesman how desperate they are for a car. I need a car right now. That's ridiculous. Yeah, so so you, that would just be such a terrible move. So you got to say that. Yeah, you got to say Colbert. Mason Rudolph is the next San Marino. We love him. And yeah, maybe you drive Mason Rudolph's trade value up if you end up trading Mason Rudolph. Who knows? You but, do hey. something. but But really, I've seen a lot of stuff where people are legit posting – you know, stuff in defense of Mason because so many people are wanting to attack him. There's there's a lot to be said about the situations that he's been put into. And you can say he's had his opportunities, he's had an X number of starts, but it was always in terrible situations with multiple players who were out, a defense that was struggling, no receivers, or some some such ridiculous situation where there's just no way anybody was going to win. Um, yeah, and I'm not in the deep anti-Mason club. I, I just sit there and say, 
what do you expect from the Steelers this year? Um, Ed Bouchette was on Rich Eisen. I, I got to uh, check in that interview. And Ed Bouchette's like, hey, they've got too many holes to really compete. So now Ed's kind of like a wet blanket because, you know, we sit here and go, oh, they're going to go get Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, Bichette's like, oh, they're not getting anybody. You know, they, right. you know Bichette always, you know, throws a wet blanket and say, hey, don't think too much. But, you know, Bichette raises a point. Look, you know, they got holes, uh, offense line, defense line, you know, receiver, you know. Um, safety corner. I, I mean, you know, there's a lot going on there. So, um, but hey, we're going to do yourself a favor. Even though we spent the first five minutes talking about quarterback, let's talk <laughs> about other issues. Um, first of all, and I want to put a different spin on this show because we're here on the Behind the Steel Curtain Network, and I'm sure every other podcast has talked about the big news of the week which is Brian Flores. I mean, we talked about him for the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I know he had that lawsuit against the NFL. And, hey. Still does. Yeah. I don't think this is breaking news. The NFL is struggling when it comes to race and hiring and everything. Um, Flores seems to have a pretty good case. Well, Flores called Mike Tomlin, who until last week was the only other uh, black head coach in the NFL. He asked for advice. They started back talking back and forth. Turned out. Flores gets a job. He's now your uh, linebacker coach and special assistant, which in essence was kind of like Terrell Austin's job last year. Um, Austin became, before Austin became a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I can't believe this is a bad move. I mean, you know, part of the shows that we do here on the network and our et cetera show, you know, we just take ridiculous viewpoints just to try to be funny. I don't know how we can say this is a bad move. I, I think this is good. Um, let's call cool it Jets a little bit because the Steelers need to get some playmakers. <laughs> you know, Brian Flores is a good coach. Uh, he helped Miami have a lot better year than they should have because Miami had a bad roster last year. But again, Steelers need to have some horses. I mean, you know, Brian Flores isn't going to take, um, you know, um, uh, I don't know who's a bad. He's not going to take Joe Schobert Sh- and turn him into Lawrence Taylor. I mean, he's a good coach, but you know we still got have to have the game player, the players, and everything. And hopefully, the Steelers can use their solid cap to do that. But it's a good move. I mean, do you have any initial thoughts or concerns about Forrest? I have no concerns. <laughs> I was just absolutely thrilled. I when we were still uh, in the search for defensive coordinator, I. I only dreamed that that was a, a, a an option, uh, something that they could have gone out and done, uh, and then so I sort of shut that down whenever they made the the move with uh, Terrell Austin to to move him up to DC. So <clears throat> the fact that he actually agreed to come in as a special assistant and linebacker coach, I think, was just kind of amazing, and it's really a steal. Um, I think it puts Flores in a position where he's still got some bandwidth to, to uh, put some energy and focus on the, the court case that he's got. And I think he's on the one team that's going to be the most supportive of him continuing to pursue that, that, uh, that lawsuit. So yeah. I think it's really, it's really phenomenal that the Steelers would uh, sort of branch out this way and give him this kind of opportunity. I know there's a lot of people who are, you know, wanting to complain and say it's a crying shame that this guy is a capable head coach and now he's 
you know, two rungs down the ladder and as a special assistant and linebacker coach, but he was going to get nothing. Uh, and I think, um, I think him being in the position where he can, he can swallow enough pride to step in and say, this is still what I love to do. And I'm, I'm about doing it and I'm pursuing the lawsuit, not out of sour grapes, because I think legitimately there needs to be something done if there's going to be any change to be made in the process of hiring coaches in the NFL. And what frustrates me, I look at message board for the Steelers, you see some people opposing it, and, you know, hey, maybe Forrest isn't the greatest coach of all time. I get that. But to be able to get a coach like that to be your linebacker's coach, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I know we're a divided country politically and all the other stuff, but if you're really opposing Flores, I mean, you got to really take a good look at yourself and say, look, he's your linebacker's coach. It's not like they fired Mike Tomlin and said, hey, here, here's your new head coach. I mean, come on. It's going to be okay. Flores is a track record. He really helped the New England defense uh, before he got hired by Miami. And obviously, you know about all this stuff in Miami, how they're trying to have him lose games. And again, he took a really bad roster, and they won a bunch of games in a row, and they almost made the playoffs. And they did not have a good roster last year. No. So I, I'm excited to see what Flores could do to help the defense. I, I will say, Joe, and um, I'm looking forward to – I was going to say talk to him, but I'm, I'm not expecting him necessarily to come on our podcast. But I'm looking forward to when he's available to the media. Um, I know he was on HBO kind of talking a little bit about his conversation with Tomlin. But, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing him talk about the defense. What's his plans for it? Now, obviously, Tomlin makes a lot of calls. Uh, Austin's going to be there. He's going to do, have a lot to do with it. But I'm sure Flores is going to have a say in what happens. Um, John, if you remember this, the interesting thing that happened is uh, Steelers fans got really excited when Minka Fitzpatrick uh, got traded to Pittsburgh. He came from Miami, and there was some stuff written this week about, well, you know, Minka wasn't happy with how things were going in Miami, how he was being used, and they were saying, man, what's going to happen now? There's going to be a reunion here. I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, it's no. been a couple of years it's a different Minka. It's a different Flores. And I think hopefully both of them are professional enough, and I got no reason to believe they would be, that they could just, you know, slap high five and say, hey, bad circumstance. Now we're here in Pittsburgh. Let's get to work and make the best of it. Yeah. You know? That's right. Yeah. I don't see why that would, <laughs> I really don't see why that would uh, come into play at all. I mean, I don't think there was a, there was a bitterness even at the time. It was just like, well, I'm not being used right in this scheme. I'm willing to go, and they put together the trade. So, right. I don't know. And the other thing, if you remember, I mean, he got traded. Uh, man, like Baltimore, they started a year against Baltimore, Miami, did, and Baltimore scored like fifty plus points. It was ridiculous. So there was a lot of frustration there, and everything else. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Forrest has established himself as a coach after that. Um, and, and again. It could go disastrous. Maybe they're, they'll fight in the hallway or whatever. Uh, but I don't see that happening. If it does, I would be disappointed in Minka and Flores. I, I think, again, if you get a coach like Brian Flores as a linebacker coach, you know, you take it. I mean, there's, no, there's no reason why not to. Um, I even feel like if that conversation that he had with Tomlin had happened several weeks earlier, we'd be looking at Flores as the D.C. Yeah, 
And, you know, Forrest was still uh, being considered as the um, head coach of the Texans. Um, you know, he was a finalist. Uh, Texans ended up going with Lovey Smith. Uh, I mean, I'm glad for minority hiring. At least the Texans picked Lovey Smith. I mean, if they end up picking Josh McNown, who's never coached the game before, um, Joe, I think you and I would march to Houston in the protest. But yeah, um, right, but but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, I think Forrest was still had his toe definitely in the water of hey, I, I'd like to be head coach somewhere. And, you know, the Steelers had to make their decision. And honestly, I don't think until Flores placed that phone call to Mike Tomlin that Tomlin even thought that, you know, Flores would be interested in a position like that. So, um, you know, circumstance, but, hey, I, I'm glad he's here. I, I will say, um, you know, Joe Hayden had a, tw- a, a tweet, you know, talking about, man, great move by a classy organization with the Steelers, uh, which is meaningful. Hayden's a free agent. Uh, before last year, he tweeted, hey, this is my last stand. So he was kind of indicating, hey, this is it. I don't know, Joe. Do you think that, um, you know, players that are supporting Flores for speaking out about the the poor minor, more minority hiring practice by the NFL, I'm, I'm hearing something, and the Steelers actually have money to try to attract free agents. I mean, do you think the Flores thing might attract some people to Pittsburgh? I mean, it's possible, as certainly as part of a one-factor in a multi-factor choice. Right. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, this is the only reason why somebody would make that make the choice right. to, to jump right. to Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, I, just a It's a. It's a demonstration of the kind of culture of a team that the Pittsburgh Steelers are and have. So I think that that would be an attractive place for a number of players, especially veterans, um, to 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 factor in when they're when they're thinking about a place where they want to go. Well, I'm really hopeful too. I mean, I, I think one of the guys that is going to be crucial to see how the defense does next year is Devin Bush. Can he get healthier? Um, can he get promotion? Well, I, I think he's on the on the mend to do that. Right. I mean, it, it's the kind of energy injury that takes a full year to really get your burst back. And so he's going to be on pace to be there right at the beginning of this season to really be back physically to where he needs to be to play, be able to play linebacker position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so that coupled with the, the kind of coaching that he can get yeah. from Flores, a new scheme, a new way of doing things, and even a new way for a coach to look at how to capitalize on what somebody can do instead of expecting them to do something that they can't quite do yet. So I have nothing but positive expectations for Devin Bush and what he's going to be able to do with Flores as a coordinator. Right, and Flores is a good coach. He's proven that he gets the best out of people. Again, don't think that everyone's going to go to level Lawrence Taylor just because Flores is your coach. I absolutely lot... assume that, and that's yeah, the yes. only expectation that I have. <laughs> well, but if you look at it, there's a lot of potential there. I mean, obviously, TJ Watts at the top of the NFL. But, you know, you have Alex Highsmith. That wasn't terrible last year, no. but he wasn't. He didn't make you forget Bud Dupree. Let's just put it like that. Um, you know, Highsmith's got. Well, uh, it would be nice if the police could fit, forget. Yes, Bud yes, that's true. I'm just talking about, uh, you know, what's happening on the field. But uh, okay. But what I'm, say, <laughs> what I'm saying is, with the exception of TJ White, there's growth that can happen with various other Steelers linebackers that for the Steelers to really become that defense that they have been and you think they could be. You know, Devin Bush, um, you know, Highsmith. Um, you know, if they 
kept Joe Schobert or or have a um, you know maybe resign for him for a much cheaper contract. You know, mm-hmm. lots of good things that Forrest could provide. Hey, uh, let's talk some more about Forrest. A couple of questions we have about the Steelers, but before that, let's take a break here on the Pittsburgh Steeler um, behind the Steel Curtain Network on the Behind the Steeler uh, Curtains Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. I'll get this right one of these days. Uh, We'll be right back. Hey, it is a quick reminder. Hey, um, Paul, Joe, and I uh, do all kinds of fun uh, content. Um, Check out our Excedra show and uh, extra Steelers content here on the Highwind Network. All right, back here on the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. Uh, it's me and Joe tonight, which is never a bad thing. Um, we're talking some of these questions. We, we addressed the quarterback situation briefly. Uh, we talked about the big move where Brian Forrest is now your linebacker coach and special defensive assistant. Um, yeah. Um, you know, the other question I have about Forrest, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think he's got the... A great reputation. That's why um, you know Hayden said some nice things on Twitter. Uh, good comments also from Cam Hayward. Um, you know the big question, and and Colbert addressed this during his press conference. Stefan to it. Uh, the Sears don't have an answer yet, but you know Colbert, you know, kind of gave that old branch out there saying, "Man, I hope, I hope he comes back. It'd be great." Um, I don't know, Joe. We can look at that as. What what's he supposed to say? You know, hit the road, dude. You know, get out of here. You know, uh, yeah. you know, maybe it's the same language you use with Mason Rudolph, but <clears throat> you know, I don't think Brian Forrest is the answer to this. Is the only person that could answer the Stefan Tuitt situation. Sure, but I I think going back to the question we were talking about before we went to break, um, I, I'm going to be fascinated to see, you know, what's this do with some of the current players? You know, can he? talk stuff onto it and coming back. Um, I know that's not his position, but it'll be interesting to see how he's used to kind of motivate and, and chat with the players. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens there. Well, I'm not sure if we're going to really be able to tell. It seems like that might be a lot of internal stuff. There's something about being named special assistant or defensive assistant. Like I, I, the, the logistics of that seem to be a little bit murky. So Flores' ability to really talk to, to it or really make an impact on anywhere beyond his linebackers is, is really kind of just a question mark for us who are on the outside. And Paul Yanchik is joining us. Let's talk to Paul about this. Paul, we're talking about the great Brian Flores. Um, he's now yes. a sealer, uh linebacker coach, defensive assistant. Um, you know, it's hard to say anything bad about Brian Flores. Um but we're, we're kind of trying to think of what type – I mean, he makes defenses better. He did that with New England. He took a crappy Miami team nearly to the playoffs last year. Um, we're, we were talking about how we think he's going to definitely help Devin Bush because he's a linebacker's coach. He's going to be working yep. with Devin Bush. I wonder – like Joe Hayden said some nice things about him on Twitter. Cam Hayward said some nice things. Uh, Colbert is throwing out the olive branch to Stefan Tuitt. I'm wondering if he's going to motivate maybe some players to come to Pittsburgh or even motivate some of these players that he doesn't 
normally coach because it seems like he's got a good reputation. I mean, no one's saying anything bad about him. Yeah, that, that would be fantastic if he can get – because I think at least for the next two to three seasons that the defense is going to be uber important uh, if the Steelers are going to have any hopes of success. It's really going to ride the back of the defense. And so anything and anyone who can help the defense play at a higher level, and I think Flores is that. I think he's probably the most overqualified uh, assistant slash linebacker coach in all of the NFL. Uh, but yeah, anything to to get hands on motivation for Bush uh, is definitely going to help that position. So yeah, looking forward to see how the kind of impact he's able to have. Very good. Let's talk about a couple other quick things before we close up. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson. Um, he's not a unrestricted free agent, um, but the Steelers have a chance of extending him. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this. Kind of want to readdress this real quick. Um, I've seen reports saying, "Hey, he's looking for fifteen million, which is a lot of money for the three of us." But you know, <laughs> for a receiver, even not top line receiver, it's not bad. Now, if you think about it, you've got Ray Ray McLeod, you've got uh, Juju Smith Schuster, and you got James Washington. They're free agents. They're all likely not coming back. So right now, your top two receivers are Johnson and Chase Claypool. And obviously, Chase Claypool had a rough (laughs) second season. Uh, So uh, what do you do? I mean, I'm not a big Deontay Johnson guy. Poor guy blocked me on Twitter. (laughs) I don't think Deontay Johnson's a big Chris Pugh guy either, which is sad. But uh, do you pay Deontay Johnson? We can block you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, no, Deontay did, Johnson out here t- teaching me life lessons. All I did was <laughs> I shared one of the uh, goofy, you know, Steelers media. There's a hundred, and I can't, it wasn't behind the silk curtain. It was like some other website that before last year said, hey, Deontay Johnson may be the third most targeted receiver with the Steelers. And hey, at that time, anything was possible. You know, we didn't know. Um, and apparently got blocked. I don't, I don't know. Maybe either Deontay or one of his reps had a hard time with that. I don't know. All's forgiven, Deontay. Come back to the family. Um, but but I'm wondering, $15 million, um, is that cool? I mean, that's going to kind of cut in this uh, free agency space that we're hoping for. I don't know, Joe. If, if you're Colbert and Deontay Johnson comes in and says, hey, $15 million a year, are you saying yes or no? What do you think? Those are my only options. Yes or no? <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I might say no. And that's okay. the thing, is that I think with the same amount of money, I could go out and get somebody else. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not that worried about that. There's a lot of free agents out there this year. There's a lot of people who put off their free agency signing short-term deals because they were looking for this offseason where there was going to be a bigger payday. And uh, so there's a lot of people who are available. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, and let's not kid ourselves. Guy dropped a lot of balls in the past, and he dropped <laughs> several of them in that in, in his last couple of games. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'd like to say that all of that stuff is behind him, but it isn't. Uh, my full-time job, I work with a newspaper group in Ohio, so I read way too many Browns and Bingo stories. And believe me, as a Steelers backer, it's my full-time job. I don't know what else to tell you. 
But one of the stories they had this week, and I bring this up uh, based on uh, receivers who could be available, uh, Jarvis Landry yeah, had I saw that. A, was hurt um, last year a little bit. But you know, Jarvis catches passes. Uh, he's yes. not flashy. I, I wouldn't even say he'd be number one if he came to Pittsburgh. But, you know, in a team that's crying out for consistency and receiver, believe me, after last year, man, I'm thinking Jarvis Landry might be interesting. Uh, because they're saying he might be a cap casualty with Cleveland because uh, they got some sorry cap issues. Man, if – I mean, yeah, if you could get Landry for $8 million, you know, hey, I mean, he's probably not as great as Deontay. I mean, in terms of just – Skills, but I think it might be a very use of the money. I know, I know that's my hot take of the night. Uh, what do you think, Paul? 15 million for Deontay? No, um, I would love to see him in a season where he has a quarterback who can throw him passes to different places on the field. Uh, I think he could be something special, but I don't know if it's a 15 million dollar gamble. Um, I I think we could probably get two solid receivers for that 15 million. Uh, if we draft one, say the third round, uh, we can have a night. I don't think we need to have necessarily Cooper Cup 2.0, uh, but if we have just a solid receiving crew that can actually catch the ball more often than they drop it, uh, I, I think that you know that that's kind of my target. Is let's not worry about having the top tier receiver. Let's just get a bunch of second, third tier guys who can uh, pull their weight, do their job. You've already got Fryermuth there. Uh, yeah, uh, the past few years we've we've had some of the best receivers in the game with Antonio Brown, and what did that get us? So I'm not worried about that. Well, here's the other thing: unless I'm mistaken, I mean, he is under contract. So yeah, I mean, if you didn't sign him, he'd be frustrated. He's probably like, "Hey, it's my last year," but it's not like you're losing a body. Like my initial thought would be, okay, if you don't have Deontay Johnson, you have Chase Claypool, like a guy like Jarvis Landry, and that's it. No, you're still going to have Deontay Johnson. He may be a little disgruntled, but unless you release him, he's still under the team. He's still under a rookie contract, so. I'm sure it's, and maybe he'll play for a good contract for the next season. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. If I'm Deontay Johnson, I don't get resigned. Yeah, I'm laying it all out and catching everything, and hopefully, I put a big number. So it'll be interesting. Hey, uh, we've got three minutes left, so we need to be quick on this one. Um, some interesting news. I, I guess the the Heinz Field Stadium naming rights deal is coming up. Uh, I saw reports today saying Heinz might keep it. But there has been speculation in the past that Heinz is going to do something else. Yeah, I, I hate even debating this because it, it gets, it's all based on who gives the most money. I mean, the Highwind Network could be the naming rights. The Behind the Steel Curtain Network could own naming rights. It's whoever gives the most uh, money to them. Uh, but do you guys have a preference on what this should be called if it's not Heinz anymore? No. I could care less. Do you have a not preference? I, I don't know if you heard some of the possibilities. Is there any that concern you? Maybe we can put it that way. Um, I'd stay away from like Baker Mayfield Stadium. I mean, yeah. that's probably well, the short list of names I wouldn't want. But 
Well, there was like Highmark is either in Pittsburgh or does some advertising there, but they're like they sponsor the Bills team, so they could sponsor Pittsburgh too, but that'd be kind of weird having two Highmark stadiums. Um, the one thing they said is, hey, U.S. Steel. I, I mean, they were behind the <laughs> um, logo on the side of Steelers' helmets. What about that? U.S. Steel Field. Uh-uh. I think I it's going to come down there. to Heinz or UPMC. UPMC? Okay. Do you have a preference, Joe? I prefer it not be named after somebody because of a big check. Yeah. Well, I, but that's... I really can't. I really can't stand all of I these know. stadiums that are named after things that, like, what? Why are we? Uh, it's just gross. So, Rooney <laughs> Field really just is what it should be, and just shut up about it. Oh, I agree. Or you know what? Where it is, it's that this place where there's is there one river there? I forget. Yeah, I'll is there just one there. river, or is there? Oh, oh, there's three rivers there. We mm. got well, that's, technically that's two that merge into a third. So, uh, yeah. two and a half. <laughs> two and a half river stadium. Baby, <laughs> I'm with you, Joe. I hate the corporate names, but it's yes, I hate them. It's sports. It makes you want to not go there. Yeah, I don't know if I go that far, but it is. When was the last time you went to a stadium? Oh, not since COVID. I mean, I've been to three Steelers games, one in Ohio because hey, we're Ohio guys, right? There we go. We are Koya. But I went to a. Steelers regular season game. It was a game that the Steelers beat the Colts. It was like 50 to 40, some crazy score. Ben threw a ton of yards. And then I went to the Jacksonville playoff game, which unfortunately David oh, Gerard, yeah, David Gerard had the game in all games. And unfortunately, they beat the Steelers that night. So I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, at least don't call it something dumb. And we're good. And you know <laughs> what they're going to do? They're going to call it something dumb. Or let's name it after a player. That won't be dumb. Big Ben Field or something. We'll see. All right. Well, let's know what you think. Thanks for checking us out here on the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour uh, behind the Steel Curtain.com um, and the Ohio Network. And thanks to our friends from behind the Steel Curtain.com. It's always a joy to be on that network. Tons of great content on that network. Check it all out. And thanks for joining us. You guys all have a great week. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope to learn more about our podcast, and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.